Welcome to the Chiropractic Trust Podcast. The Chiropractic Trust has been created to protect, preserve, advance, develop, and adamantly defend practices of straight chiropractors who focus strictly on the location, analysis, and facilitation of correction of vertebral subluxation and ensuring that the choice of straight chiropractic care is made available to all humankind throughout their entire lives. The views of the interviewees do not necessarily represent those of the Chiropractic Trust. And now, enjoy the show. Hello, Chiropractic Trust people. This is a great interview that we did for the Chiropractic Trust uh, podcast. If you want to learn more about the trust, visit thechiropractictrust.com and learn more about what we're doing over there. This is a great interview. I interviewed Judy Campanelli. She's my neighbor. She lives a couple miles away. And I always find myself in the office when people come in, you know, sometimes they're bringing the outside world into you in your sacred space of your adjusting office. And you're put in a position where you need to reframe someone's thinking, right? Whatever it may be. And you try to reframe it towards the positive. Maybe it's someone, a simple example is uh, they come in and they're just complaining about the weather, right? So instead of vibing into that complaint, you talk about how wonderful rainy days are. This interview that I did with Judy has been echoing in my mind for the last 24 hours because she kept reframing my thinking. I like she inadvertently just being who she was, I felt like was exposing my stinking thinking uh, in various places. And it was just a stark reminder that uh, the attitude that we choose about things is who we are and who we project. And uh, I, I learned so much in this interview. I really hope you like it. Judy was spot on. Uh, it was a great interview. And I really hope you enjoy it. This is an awesome one. It's, uh, I, this is sort of like a game changer for me in a selfish perspective. So I hope uh, you get a lot out of it, too. She was great. Enjoy, everybody. Hello, everyone in Chiropractic Trust podcast world. I have a very, very special guest today, Judy Campanelli. From um, She is my neighbor, actually. Hi, neighbor. Are you at your house right Hi, now? Hi, neighbor. I am at the house. And I'm at my house, and we're calling each other. We're probably three miles away from each other. We probably <laughs> met at a coffee shop and thinking about that. But um, we yeah, are, now we're thinking of it. Yeah, we are down the road neighbors who never get to see each other. Uh, it's weird how like chiropractors are. I have you know friends in chiropractic, and you you just see each other at like seminars or weird gatherings or whatever. But one of these days, we're going to bump into each other on the street somewhere. Or we'll make an intentional effort to change that, Damien. Yeah, we should. We should. Yeah, let's do um, it. So I was thinking about what to ask you, Judy, and I have a million things I want to ask you, but the the hole in my game right away is I don't know the beginning of your chiropractic career. So, like, how did you start? Uh, how did you meet Joe? How did you get, you know, involved in, um, you know, Joe Strauss's office and all that stuff? You've been there so long. So give me, like, the, the beginning of your story. Okay, I will give you the beginning of my story, but I'm going to make it very short because there's so much else. I actually have a list of things that I hope that we get to, too, and if we don't, I'm just going to throw some things at you. How do you like that? I am. I love it. <laughs> I love it. I'm ready. I'm game. Let's do it. Okay, so the short version of how I end up uh, with Joe, uh, I... I was a pre-med student, born and raised in, uh, in Pittsburgh, did my undergraduate work at Carnegie Mellon University as a pre-med student. Uh, in my junior year of the program, I was misdiagnosed 
Um, I actually had ovarian cysts, but I was misdiagnosed three different times uh, prior to the actual diagnosis, but it really turned me off to, um, actually, it didn't turn me off to medicine. It turned me on to the possibility or even the probability of not doing something well. And, you know, much later down the road, I would hear Reggie Gold talk about how uh, medical doctors are often only like even the best of them, like at the Mayo Clinic, are only like 30, right, 33% of the time. And, you know, that was much further down my, my chiropractic journey. But who I am would never have survived with those kinds of odds and those kinds of numbers. And I knew from that personal experience like that that was not something I wanted to do to people and that, you know, like not being sure about what you do or actually being wrong, actually maybe even hurting somebody because you gave it your best shot but it wasn't good enough. You know what I mean? And it just really changed the course of my life. Um, that is a really I had a cousin perspective. The- I never heard, not to <laughs> you up, but I've, like, I've never heard it expressed that way. And when you say it like that, it makes perfect sense. And I've never uh, thought about that. That's really cool. Sorry, you were saying about your cousin. No, it's, it, it is kind of cool because, you know, it plays into my perspective even today. You know, I hear a lot of chiropractors want to bash medicine. And I'm not about bashing medicine. Medicine's doing the best they can do with what they got you know, with what their objective is. And there, there's absolutely a time and place for medicine. And the older I get, the more I see those times and places. <laughs> and, you know, and it makes you grateful that it's there. You know, I'm not saying I'm, I'm, I'm blessed with good health. I, I try to take good care of myself and, um, and I've been fortunate, but um, a lot of people that are close to me that are very dear to me, um, have had issues. And yeah, we don't just get adjusted and pray. We go to the doctor, you know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. uh, but ha- having said all that, um, it wasn't for me. And so I was uh, kind of didn't know what I was going to do. My cousin, who's um, one of my, I don't even want to say one of my, she's my favorite cousin. I love this gal. Uh, was a CA in a chiropractor's office, and she said, "Why don't you come and talk to my chiropractor?" And honestly, at the time, I, there was I was just a blank slate. That meant nothing to me. I didn't have I didn't have a a good bad. It meant nothing. I literally, you know, I was like, okay, I had no idea, right? Well, he had he was a Penn Street grad, had studied under Joe Strauss, um, and and was to this day runs his practice, you know location analysis and correction of vertebral subluxation. So when I went to his office, he wasn't actually talking me into the profession. His first thing was, hey, do you want to get your spine checked? And I was like, well, why would I want to do that? And he gave me his orientation. You know, I I attended a lay lecture, um, got under care. As I was there, he was a busy practice, lots of families, lots of fun. And I was like, well, heck, I could do this. They didn't even have to talk me into it. Like, it just... It just made sense. Like, I, I loved it. I loved going. I loved being there. Um, I wasn't, I didn't have any uh, symptoms at the time. That wasn't, you know, that was after I uh, had 
my surgery to have those cysts removed, and I was in um, what I thought to be good health other than that, and I just liked going there. You know, it made sense to me, like interference in your nerve system is going to keep you from being your best you. And I want to be my best me, you know. And so I said, well, if I was going to do this, where would I go? And he said, wherever Joe Strauss is. And I was like, okay. <laughs> he was at Penn Strait. I looked at Penn Strait. I didn't even look at other schools. And the next thing you know, I was uh, I was enrolled in uh, at Pennsylvania College of Strait Chiropractic at the time. Um, that was its name at the time. It was Adio Institute, and it was Pennsylvania College of Street Chiropractic. And then I think before it closed its doors in 1995, it was just uh, Pennsylvania College of Chiropractic, but um, PCSE. And uh, and I studied under Joe, and we we got to be uh, good friends. Um, he tells the story of how I edited his first book, and uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, we were maybe not such good friends right at that moment, but um, I did my externship at his office because uh, I wanted to move back to Pittsburgh and open a practice just like his because I loved it from the very beginning and um, and so he asked me to stay on and I thought I might do that for just a year or two but um, then I, a, a couple months after I started as an associate in his office I met the man that I am now married to for coming up on 24 years and you know the rest is kind of history Nice. Uh, And how, that's it. You, with a mentor like that, so uh, for those that may not know the history of uh, Joe's office and your office, um, there, it is a box on the wall office. Did that make you pause at all? Like, were you just enamored with the idea of, you know, the coolness of that? Or were you like, oh, I don't know if I can pull that off? Well, you know, it's funny. As we, as we talk with people about this, uh, it wasn't, you know, like I already knew that he practiced that way, and I wasn't thinking at the that's not how my field chiropractor practices, practiced then or practices now. Um, he actually was a heavy insurance practitioner back in the 80s, you know. Mm. Um, I think some of that has changed since then, but um, I don't think I really even realized what that meant. Uh, and yet, as I went through school and, and I had some great philosophy instructors, uh, as my understanding of the philosophy grew, it just kind of made sense. And then when you go out to his office and you say, and I know you've been there, Damien, when, you, when you're there, it's so easy and it's so fun and it's so, it just seems so right. You know, I mean, I get that practitioners and, and, you know, one of the things I heard you say, Jamie, and I really appreciated it because I'm, I did listen to your recent podcast on Cairo Hustle with Tim Chester. You said, listen, I'm not telling anybody how to practice. This is just how I have found it works for me. And this is how I'm doing it. You do it however you want to do it. Um, but this is how it works for me. So I don't judge other people about how they do their thing. This is just, for me, fun, easy, doable, and more, most importantly, impactful. I impact more people this way than any other way I can think of. And that, for me, is 
that's that's it, right? You know, that's what makes me sleep well at night. You know, so impactful. Just to stay on this topic, because I think because I think it's interesting, and I think anytime I've brought up the concept of box on the wall, my original chiropractor when I was a baby was a box on the wall practitioner, and it was the same thing. It allowed my family, my entire family, to access. Mm-hmm this thing called chiropractic. What do you, and so when you bring this up to younger practitioners or even to someone who was always intrigued by the idea, what do you think are the attributes that make someone uh, successful at a box on the wall practice? Like what, you know, are there any special skill sets? So uh, for me, one, I don't call it box on the wall. I just feel like there's some, there's some attachment to like this poor mentality when you say box on the wall. Like I don't call it a donation. Some people call it a donation. It's not a donation. I'm not a charity. I don't get government funding. I call it what Reggie called it, set your own fee. Set your own fee. I mean, I know it started as a box on a wall. It started as um, uh, a TP, not TPS. I was going to call it TPS. <laughs> 2019 is TPS. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, ca- I call it a set your own fee system. And, and when I talk to other chiropractors about their system, you know, when you go to a chiropractor and, you know, th- that uh, has a set fee, um, if you go there and you can't afford what they pay, uh, what they're charging. My, my hope is that the average chiropractor is going gonna, is gonna to try to make it work for somebody, right? I mean, I get that there are a lot of people that are like, tough luck. <laughs> but right. my hope is that if your heart is in the right place and you want to help people and someone gen- genuinely wants your care but cannot afford your fee, aren't you going to work with them? Don't, don't most people have some kind of system by which they say, okay, you know, what can you afford? So if that's the case, then isn't what I'm doing kind of the exact same thing, just allowing people to determine what it is they'll be able to afford to come with their families on a regular ongoing basis and and get the care that I'm offering to them. Just allowing them to set their own fee, whatever that fee is. If they want to pay it monthly, if they want to pay it weekly, you know, but so it's kind of like what everybody else is doing. It just like erases all the rest of the crap, you know? So. And is it, um, is that, oh, sorry, go ahead. Uh, well, what I was going to say is that what I think is the most important characteristic to running your office that way is a, is a true understanding of a philosophy. And then if, that, if you have that and you realize that what we have in our hands is the ability to allow people to express their best self, you know, and you want that for people and you want to make that kind of impact on your community and on your world, then then it makes sense to make a place that allows people to get that care, right? And this is, this is interesting because I've had a couple set your own fee chiropractors on here, and I haven't asked the question yet of how do you word it to them? Is that the language you use? Like, will you correct their language? So if you're meeting with them on the first time and they say, wait a second, so I can pay whatever I want? Like, do you correct their language? Oh, my gosh, yes. Yes. You're you're imparting to them, right, you're not a charity. You have to sort of 
lay that out or it's not going to work, right? Absolutely. Uh, You know, I provide a service, and honestly, and I say, I provide a service here, and it's a darn good one at that. You know, I think I'm a lot better than than a a lot. I'm a darn good chiropractor, Damien. Uh I give a heck of an adjustment, you know. And and so it's not like you're getting second-rate care here. You're getting top-notch care. I just believe in it so much, and it's so important for you that I don't want money to be a reason why you're not getting it on a regular basis and as I'm recommending it for you, you know. And and it fits in with the whole system in our office. It's not just about the fees. Uh, We have long hours in our office because I understand that people live busy lives and we want to give them ample opportunity to get into the office. So we're there Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 8 p.m., 11 hours a day, all day, straight through, every day of the week. And Saturday's 9 to 1 because we're serious about this, you know. We have quick visits. We have no appointments. And we're not going to dilly-dally with all the other stuff that might take more time, um, not because it's not important, nutrition, uh, exercise, uh, pillows, whatever, you know, massage, whatever. It's just not chiropractic. You can get it somewhere else, and we want to be here serving as many people we can with this specific service. And we tell them that, you know, we, we and we tell them over and over again if we need to. Um, and they, I think... When, when you're clear with people and you're, you put your cards on the table, they appreciate that, you know. They want to know. And if that's not for them, that's fine. But they're going to know what we do there and why we do it, and we let them make the choice. I love your way of expressing, expressing yourself, uh, Judy. That's really good. I'm, I'm wondering if you could – so now you have me I'm hooked. I'm baited here. Uh, I want to know – so part of what works here, too, is it's not symptom relief care that you're offering. You're offering lifetime chiropractic care. You're making it accessible and affordable and all that. So I'm curious now, how do you, and maybe there's a context to this, I realize, through an orientation, but how do you explain the idea of lifetime chiropractic to people? I mean, there's this big, what I have conversations with people all the time, there's this whole thing in what we do where the, I call it the meet them where they're at idea. So someone comes in and they're coming in in an allopathic way of thinking. And I heard chiropractic will help with my X, Y, or Z. And so I'm going to go there and they're going to help with my X, Y, or Z in a very sort of medicalized approach. Um, How do you transition them? So how do you get them away from that into the idea that this is a lifetime idea? And instead of meeting them where they're at, like, well, we'll take care of your back pain for now, and then we're going to hook you into lifetime care later and sort of sell you on that idea. Well, understand that there is no easy answer to that, Damien, right? I mean, if you're, if you're seeing any number of people at all, you quickly realize that everybody's different. And, and what's going to work for one person is not going to work for the next. And some people pick it up really quickly, and some people never get it, right? I mean, yeah. I had a guy in yesterday. He's been coming to the office, uh, I think it's probably 40 years now, and he's, he's a car mechanic, and he's this, he used to see Joe. And, and now that Joe's been out of the office almost seven years now, I can't believe that Joe's been gone that long. Not mm-hmm. gone, folks, if you're listening. John's, Joe is just still with us. He's not gone, yeah. gone. He's just out of the office. He's just retired. <laughs> like, yes. It didn't sound right when I said it, so I want to crack myself right away there. 
In fact, he's doing very well. I just spoke with him last week. We, we talked and talked for, oh gosh, probably over an hour. His phone actually died, so that's how the conversation came to an end. But, um, oh, wow. Anyhow, <laughs> anyhow, we have a lot of people in the office who've been coming from, you know, way back, like in the 70s and the 80s. And this guy, I know he's been coming, and I'm, I would hear Joe talk with him. The, the practice member's name is also Joe. And he would say, um, Joe, you know, you really got to get in here on a regular basis. And he says, oh, I'm doing fine, Doc. I was feeling fine. I just today on that one engine, and I turned that wrench and then my back, you know. So some people, I don't know, some people never get it. Um, but, but listen, we don't judge those people. I, I know, like, some people say, like, throw them out of your office, or you're not there for those people, move on. I, I've always felt like, if we're not there for those people, where else are they going to go? Where else are they going to hear the story again? And, and you know, at, at some point, maybe it will sink in. Um, maybe it won't. I, I try to not judge people. I do my best job, and um, I try to uh, um, meet, like you say, meet people where they are. Um, but this thing that I'm doing, I do because I know, because I understand, because I get it. Uh, I hope that they will get it, and I'm working my tail off trying to help them get it. But, but sometimes they don't, you know? They just don't. And and it's okay. You can't beat yourself up about it, you know? Yeah, I, uh, I will tell I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Daniel. I was just going to say I, I've um, adapted my definition of getting it over the years because I used to think early in my career that they had to get it like me or close to it, right? We all thought you know, at some point mm. in our careers we all think that we is our job to impart this awesome chiropractic philosophy on people so they understand it in the same way that we were given it. And I don't need that now. What I need now, my definition of getting it is – Someone getting it is their willingness to engage in the process on somewhat of a regular basis. Then they're getting it, right? Like they might not know what it is. They might not understand exactly um, why they're coming in the same way. You know, they may never get past the, well, it just feels good and I like it, right? And if they're willing to engage with me on it and learn and sort of grow in their understanding at whatever pace they are, I'm okay with it. You know, that's my definition of getting it now, you know? That's, that's gotta be what your definition is because we're all on a journey. We all get it at different levels and we see this both in our practices with the public and we see it in our profession, right? I mean, I don't judge other chiropractors either because a lot of chiropractors, you know, didn't have the benefit of the mentors that I did, of the friends that I've had, of the path that I took, the schooling that I got, you know. So, so they don't, they're not where I am in practice, you know. I get, I get that. Now, am I trying to help people gain a better understanding of why chiropractic isn't just for bad backs? You better believe it, you know, working hard at that. But, um, not everybody's going to get it. And not everybody's got the same objective as you, you know. I loved that term when Joe uh, first coined it, objective straight chiropractic, because, it, it, because I understood that what he was talking about was this unique objective that we have in chiropractic. Um, I get kind of why it never caught on because 
everybody has an objective in chiropractic. And so it didn't, if you weren't aware of what our unique objective is, then as a, as a, um, a qualifier, it wouldn't make sense to you, you know? So I get why that, that's funny. My, I, I understood. I actually, the OSC idea, objective straight chiropractic, that always jived very well with me, but for an entirely different reason. I always understood it as the O being uh, like, I'm going to look at you objectively based on, mm. you know, I'm looking for things. So I'm going to look at them mm. objective. I'm just looking to find these things called subluxations, not subjectively. Uh, whereas you're telling me subjectively, like, oh, it hurts here, or this is how I feel. So I always felt, ah. I like the O, and like, I looked at it as objectivity. So I've always explained that to my folks, like, look, if you come in and you're having a great day, I'm going to check everything in your spine. If you come in and you're having a horrible day, I want to check everything in your spine. My job is to be as objective as humanly possible and not be influenced by what you tell me because that can throw me mm-hmm. off and kind of uh, mm-hmm. who knows why you're feeling the way you're feeling. I certainly don't, you know, and you don't either. Right. Uh, yeah. So right. um, uh, you mean the person. And so I, uh, that's what I always looked at the term. Uh, and I actually enjoy that term. Uh, and you say it never mm-hmm. took off. I, it took off for me. I loved it. Uh, now the, good. The, the kitschy term is what we're calling this is a, a non-therapeutic chiropractic. I think it's in that same context of, um, you know, listen, if you're, you know, I'm checking you for subluxations uh, in a non-therapeutic manner because, uh, you know, I'm not doing therapy on you. I'm not doing back therapy or headache therapy or whatever therapies, right? Yeah, and I'll tell you, I don't, I, that doesn't work for me. I, I, I think I, that I understand, I understand the qualification there that it's trying to make. But I feel like, you know, when I adjust people, Although I do it objectively, and my objective is to remove the interference from their nerve system, you know, and clear out that distortion and allow them to be a better expression of the life within them, you know, when we do that, they are better. You know, I don't, I don't know necessarily that their health changes, but it is a positive thing that we do to people. And so when we call it non-therapeutic, I feel like that makes it sound like it's not good for them, you know, so I don't know, these these are the things that we'll talk about the rest of our life probably, you know. It's like subluxation. It's uh, never been a great, it's, it's not a word people get. Like there, we've always struggled in chiropractic to find this, especially our style of chiropractic, to find this, like, this is, the, this is what we call this thing, you know? Right. How do we differentiate like, from the other people who are taping ankles and stuff? Yeah. And this is why I never use the term non-therapeutic with the public, because they're going to be like, you mean you're not going to make me better? Right. And and while I'm not trying to improve their health necessarily, I do want them to be a better expression of themselves when I'm done with them. You know, like I want them to be better. Um, Maybe not feel better, but um, yeah. And and so the way, one of the ways that I work in the office, you know, in, in terms of trying to frame people into what it is exactly that we're doing, is to is to focus them on how amazing their bodies are. 
and this can, you know, you do this a million different ways based on who you're talking to, but you need to remind people, and this goes back to what you were saying, you had asked me, like, how I meet people where they are and take them along the journey. I try to help them understand that they're already an, an absolute miracle. The fact that we're sitting across from each other and I'm, I'm wagging my tongue and vibrations are going through the ear and, I mean, through the air and, and moving small bones in your ear and you translate into some understanding of, of what it is I'm trying to convey. That's like amazing, right? I mean, that we're talking right now on the phone and we don't see each other and we're three miles away. I mean, isn't life like crazy, miraculous? Like, aren't there all kinds of things to be absolutely fascinated by? And, and our bodies are probably the epitome of that, right? And so... I'm always trying to, you know, I always show them the spine. I always talk about the spine on that first visit. I let them see it, feel it, touch it, you know. And I can, now understand this. Your brain is constantly sending messages sitting up here, you know, at the top of your head. And I, you know, we're showing them the spine at this time. They're sending messages down your spinal cord and out these nerves to every cell, tissue, and organ in your body. That's how your body knows to do what it's doing because it's connected to your brain. And your spine is protecting that tissue because it's so important. And it's, and it's actually doing a phenomenal job at that. Now, I know you came in here and you're, and whatever, you know, you got headaches or your back hurts or you're limping or whatever. Um, but think about all the things that are going well with you. You know, you're turning that, what you have for breakfast? You know, you do that thing, what you have for breakfast? Well, right now you're turning that bowl of Cheerios into liver tissue. How the heck are you doing that? It's a miracle, you know? So there's a lot more good with your body than it's bad with your body. Let's, let's recognize that and be thankful for that and realize that it's because of this nerve system that it is that way, you know? And that what we're going to do in chiropractic, when you get on this table and I'm checking your spine, I'm not looking at what's not working with you. I'm going to be working with what is right about your body. And it's this communication via the nerve system. It's amazing and it's good and it's right. We're just going to enhance its ability to do what it's already doing. So we're not working with with what's wrong. We're enhancing what's right. And we're going to do that every time you come to you and your family. And it, and in each visit, you will be a better expression of that life within you, you know? But I, I think the trick to that is to, is to really, um, to really feel that, to really buy into that, to recognize that our that our bodies are absolutely amazing. Amazing. It's just like in the world, Damien, you know, there's so much good in the world. And yet, what do people hook into? What's bad? You know, what's on the news? What's bad? Right. And if you want to go there, you can be there. But the fact is, there's a lot more good. And it's certainly true with our bodies. You know, our bodies are constantly trying to, to survive, help us survive, right? They're constantly trying to do the right thing. 
for us. And I think most people don't think that. They don't live in that place. And when you talk with them about that, it, it empowers them. It inspires them, you know. And, and so maybe everything that you give in chiropractic isn't just about the adjustment. I mean, for some of these people, you can turn around a whole wrong way of thinking. And I'm not saying like we're, we're not the therapists, we're not anything like that, but we understand, you know, we have this knowledge that they don't have or, or they wouldn't be so lost, right? Yeah. Or they would already be coming regularly. They would want what you have, um, I think but they what, don't understand that. I think what you touched on, I mean, that is the – that is really our unique viewpoint, and that's the unique part about our philosophy. You made me think of when you were saying that uh, one thing. I said that it's so wonderful. Like everything you said is just at the core of the chiropractic philosophy. But you made me think of there's this old. I don't know if you ever saw it. There's a YouTube video of Reggie Gold. I forget the guy's name. I want to say Terry Romberg, um, uh-huh. a, yeah, a medical yeah. doctor, and it was in St. Louis. It's yeah. some like schmaltzy 70s TV show and the host. Yeah, like, yeah. Terry Robert was just some young kid. Yeah, and it's uh, it's really good. But the what I've always loved about that is so here we go and we're going to pit one side against the other. It's the chiropractors versus the medical doctors. And here we go. We're going to dust it up, right? And Reggie, the whole, Reggie was brilliant the whole time. He just talked about our language like instead of so they just they uh the host as you know kept trying to suck him in and get him to have this Mm -hmm. debate medicine versus chiropractic and how do you heal people and how do you cure people and you're saying you cure this and he you know reggie the whole time was sort of uh just giving this kind of frustrated guy you know uh, he's frustrated by this conversation because you're not getting what we actually do and um and he put the conversation on the language of what chiropractic does and not the language of what medicine does. And I think what you just said, maybe that person is coming in with, you know, focused on initially, they're focused on whatever symptom they may have. And you're instead, you know, you're not, you know, switching their mind. You're just telling them, well, let's look at how awesome your body is and changing the whole idea. I, I love that idea because you're, you're putting them on your ground. You're saying, here's the ground I'm standing on. Why don't you come over here and step on this ground too. It's pretty awesome over here. Instead of, you know, coming into their, you know, get letting them suck you into the way that they're used to thinking or society tells us we should think, you know, via the news and blah, blah, blah. Right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, that's not, so we do that on a first visit because we, we lay the groundwork on the first visit. We want to be sure that, and I tell people like, this is, uh, we have this, you know, when I explain our system and why we do things the way we do, we want people to come regularly for a lifetime. And we're going to help you with that by having these long hours and whatever. Um, but, but I also say, like, we spent this time on the first visit. I know it takes a little while, but I want to be sure that whether you've been to a chiropractor or not previously, I want you to understand what we're doing here. Maybe it's not for you, but then you can make, a, you know, an informed decision here. We're, we do things a little differently here, but it's, but it's for a reason. And when you understand the reason, then, you know, my hope is that it makes more sense to you. Um, I think, you know, I, I, and I'm, again, I'm not going to 
judge people about their understanding, but, you know, for me, this wisdom of the body, and that's what we're talking about, how amazing our bodies are, you know, we all have this innate intelligence, and I know people shy away from that um, terminology, but I don't, I don't understand why it's, um, if used properly there, I mean, we understand that our bodies are smart. That's why they're amazing because they're smart. There's an intelligence within it that's constantly organizing, whether it's, you know, taking your Cheerios and making liver tissue, whether it's breathing in air and, and, and moving that oxygen throughout your body to oxygenate your body and, and removing the, the waste products of, of respiration. I mean, there's just so much going on. It's so cool, right? That kind of organization bespeaks intelligence. It does in the world and it does in our bodies. So it's not just kind of random that this is happening. There's an intelligence at work there. And, you know, when I see when people start thinking about the fact that their bodies are smart, man, that's, you, that's an amazing time in the office right there, Damien, let me tell you. But I think it's important as chiropractors that we understand this, um, this important concept of innate intelligence, that innate intelligence is not a little voice that tells us when it's time to go to the chiropractor or where to park or what to have for dinner. It's a principle of life, and it's in all of us, you know, and it's an intelligence that is organizing our body. So if we can't get that as practitioners, then it's going to be really hard to teach our practice members this point. But it's that point that leads to how amazing our bodies are, and then we can help teach people. You know, I write an article for the ICPA every month, um, the, a, a column. It's sent out as a newsletter, um, but it's, the title is Your Amazing Body. And uh, I, I kind of fell into it because this is what I was doing in my office anyhow, and <laughs> Jeannie Ohm, who is like the most amazing, she's my sister, Penn Strait sister, right? She's just done so much with the ICPA, but she wanted to give people, her, her ICPA members, um, the tools to help teach their practice members. And um, I've been writing this column now, I guess, three years, three or four years, and every month I pick something else and I write about how cool your body is. Um, I think, I'm trying to think what, what the one I just did. Oh, you know what I just did? I wrote an article about it. The title was, Are We Turning Into Unicorns? Um, I'd seen that, that research. <laughs> oh, did you see it? I saw the article, yeah. So, I put the article on the back of my own newsletter every month, but I send it to her first, and she sends it out to all the ICPA members, and they're all putting that on the back of their newsletters, and it's distributed widely, which is kind of cool for me, um, but it's based on that research that I saw recently where people, kids, especially young kids, are holding their heads forward, looking at their phones all the time, and they're actually developing, like, bony protrusions out the back of their skulls, you know? So I use that as a starting point that's, that's intriguing to people, you know, but then I say, like, this is because our bodies are smart. And when you do a certain thing with it, your body is going to adapt it 
in the best possible way. You know, so that happened to be what, which is, doesn't seem like the best possible way, growing horns out of your spine, but out of the back of your skull. But that's why we should all, like, pick our heads up, right? <laughs> like, yeah, right. Stop, uh, stop it already with the phones. Anyhow, um, but, but I've written about all kinds of things, like your, your feet, your eyes, your um, breathing, your, you know, just everything, your hands. Um, so I write one every month, and um, it helps people think about what's right with their body, how good their bodies are, how cool they are, you know, and that, they're, that this doesn't happen accidentally, that, it, that it's, it's designed that way, that there's a principle of life um, that you, you're meant to be extraordinary. And when you take care of your spine, you're taking care of that intelligence. You know, you're allowing that intelligence to, to be best expressed, to remove that distortion from your nerve system and allow that intelligence to be best expressed. And that's just a really awesome thing. <laughs> I want to, um, I have a question here. I want to shift gears a little bit because you touched on an idea uh, that you're, you know, you're doing this monthly writing for the ICPA and everything. And you have been in chiropractic so long, you've done so much and really given of yourself a lot. So I have a selfish question here. Um, you've had a lot of leadership positions and still do in chiropractic. Um, it's exhausting. Like, so you, you know, you have this busy practice. You guys see a lot of people. I know that you have long hours, you're doing all this stuff and then you're giving back to chiropractic for, uh, you know, al altruistically. So my question is, how do you, what motivates you or how do you motivate yourself to not only do your busy practice, which takes a ton of energy and a ton of focus, but then also divvy up your spare time to, you know, do all these other things too. Like, uh, I, you know, I, from a selfish perspective, I struggle with that sometimes where I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm doing all this above and beyond stuff. Like I'm content just to be in my practice and do that and then do what I want to do in my spare time. How do you motivate yourself to keep doing those kind of things? I think had I been born a little later in the world, in the scope of the world, I probably would have been diagnosed as ADD. <laughs> <laughs> that's not why I thought you were going to say that. No. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, well, you know, we all give from what we have, Damien. You know, I don't have children. And and when Bill and I were first married uh, in the early 90s and we're trying to have children, um, and, and then we found out that I couldn't, um, I, wanted, I wanted to get busy then. You know, I... I, I didn't wallow very long there at all. I can't say like I lost sleep at night or anything about that because I, you know, my faith has something to do with that, I think. Mm -hmm. um, that, I mean, we, I believe we all have a purpose. We're all here for a reason. And if my reason wasn't to be a mom, what was it? You know, and I needed to get busy finding it. And uh, so I had the time. Um, you know, I was in Joe's office uh, being mentored by Joe, and uh, I was already secretary of the um, then FSCO at the time. I had been a leader as a student, and um, it just made sense to 
to pour myself into that at the time because um, I've realized I've always thought there's a there's a part of me that's concerned that this type of practice um, could could get swept away by uh, politics and uh, those who you know frown upon the way we practice you know mm-hmm. yeah. and and so I I felt like I needed to do what I could do to help help the movement along you know so I but when you say like a, a busy day in the office I mean we do see a lot of people there and it is physical work and they're long hours sometimes but uh, it's the it's the weirdest kind of energizing, you know. Like, yeah, you're working hard, but but working hard energize. Like when you work out, like you go to the gym, and whatever you go for a five mile run or something, and and it's exhausting, but it's exhilarating at the same time, isn't it? Yeah, you know? totally. And, and so, uh, and and you do what you do, and I just remember. I asked Joe once, like, why do you keep writing? Like, why do you keep at it at such a pace, you know? I mean, he's written, like, 25 books or something. Like, that didn't just, that doesn't just happen. That's a lot of grunt work, you know? And he said, you know, dude, I always feel like I'm on borrowed time. None of us know how long we're going to be here. And he said, now I feel like I gave it everything I got, you know? And that... And I guess I kind of feel like that too. Like when I'm my best day is when I've completely exhausted myself, you know, and I get in bed and I go, ah, my bed. But, but I can feel like that was a good day. You know, I mean, I love, I have lots of friends and I, I like to, you know, horse around and, and not be productive too. But, but my best days are when I've, been able to be with my loved ones and my friends, but that I've, that I've gotten something done. That's a good day for me, you know, to be productive, to have, to have had impact. And I think that's, that's the thing with the office. You know, we see a lot of people have a lot of impact. I sleep well at night, you know? Yeah, that makes, I mean, that's a perfect answer. It's a, it's a wonderful life, and it is a, it is a different kind of you know you're busy and you're you're sort of tired because you interacted with a lot of those people, but they're getting some energy off of you and they're giving some energy to you, and it's you know it does uh, it, it is it it replenishes mm-hmm. you in a different way. I'm far more uh, energetic after seeing uh, you know a hundred a day or more than I was. Uh, I would be exhausted sometimes. Yeah, I was, yeah I'd <laughs> exactly. be exhausted. It, it, it's bizarre, but true. Yeah. Uh, well, my friend. So, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Say what you were going to say. I was. I was just going to say. You know. And so I am currently uh, chair of the board of trustees at Sharma College, and and I'm driven to do that because I love Sharma College so much. And I just, you know, feel like I need to do what I can do to perpetuate, you know, them being down there and teaching these principles 
you know, so that more people can come out and and impact the world. That's what it. That's what it's all about. You know, I met Reggie Gold, and everybody always quotes it. Like, if you're not out to change the world, the rest is Mickey Mouse. Um, you know, we we will never know the impact that we each have as individuals. Um, I just finished a book uh, by Matthew Kelly. I, I read a lot of different kinds of books, but this one was a um, was a book on. Uh, Christianity and Catholicism, and, and the book was entitled The Biggest Lie in the History of Christianity, and, you know, you're like wondering what that's all about, but the, the bottom line of the book is that, um, is that one person doesn't matter, that, that you don't matter, that you can't, you're never going to be a saint, you're never going to be perfect, you're never going to change the world, you know, but, but the, the idea of the book is that you know, each of us does matter. And each of us has to do what we can do to make the impact that that we were meant to make. You know, like to know that something is, is good for other people or, or to know anything and then not do it is the same as not knowing. You know, what power is there in that? So if you if you're blessed with knowledge, if you you know, you know that this thing about chiropractic can change people's lives and then you don't act that way in your practice or make it accessible to people in your practice, then you might as well not know it, you know? So we, we know this. We, we've had great mentors. We stand on the shoulders of giants, right? And so that's, that's our mission, Damien. That's what we're called to do is, you know, keep, keep moving this thing forward. And, you know, I would encourage people, we've got so many more tools now than we've ever had. You know, the fact that you can, but you don't have to reach out to me. Like you listen to this podcast and you, you think, well, that's a really cool way of practicing or whatever. Uh, you don't necessarily have to reach out to me. There's a, there's a Facebook group now, right? I mean, you could go to the chiropractic trust and, and how cool is that, that you can access the Facebook group and not just get one person's ideas, but get a bunch of people's ideas about how they're doing it. And you make it your own and you be your authentic self, you know, be who you were meant to be and make your impact in your office and, and in your corner of the world. That's what, that's what this was always all about. You know? So we have a lot more tools now in the, the Facebook group. I think is just, I, I very much appreciate that you're doing these podcasts because you highlight different people, different thoughts, different ways of doing things. And that's really cool. But, um, People are always there in the Facebook group, you know. All you need to do is ask the question, you know, and they'll help you. Yeah, as much, um, you know, I have a love-hate with Facebook and social media. It, uh, I, I, there are many things I don't dislike about it. I think it sometimes can bring out the worst in humanity and some of the, you know, discussions and the way people conduct themselves virtually is so different than how they would face-to-face. And so, you mm-hmm. know, that it disappoints me on some levels. But then I also realize, <laughs> like, if it weren't for things like Facebook, I would not practice the way I'm practicing right now because I, at a time when I needed to hear it, there were many voices there and, like you said, mentors that I could approach. And, um, you know, and that's my reason for doing this podcast. It's just to, I like podcasts. I like listening. When I listen to audio, I get 
good ideas, and it you know I find it really helpful to me. Uh, I, I agree. Oh, oh, sorry, good. I agree, but I, let me just leave this here because I think this is a great place to put it. Um, I agree with you, Davy, and I've seen some really ugly things in social media as well. But again. Let's, let's not look at what's wrong with it. Let's look at what's right with it. And the fact of the matter is you can use it to your benefit. If you're a practitioner out there and you know, you're struggling to institute some new procedure or something in your office or um, you don't quite get this idea about innate intelligence as a principle of life or you want to talk more, you want to learn more about the philosophy, but you don't know where to read or you don't know where to turn, you can use social media for the right reasons. You can go into a group and you know what? You ask your question and somebody's a jerk to you. You just go, okay. I mean, that's who they are. When when people at, respond that way and act that way on, on Facebook, it's not a reflection of who you are. It's a reflection of who they are. So we, you need to stay focused on, you know, what, what good will come from that. And I just find that there's, so, there's a wealth of knowledge in that group and the chiropractic trust and um, the membership practice too, I'm in that group as well. There's just a wealth of knowledge there and we just need to start to keep conscientious about just turning a blind eye to the bozos of the world, you know? Just, you don't have to engage. You engage in, in the people that will help you and that are positive and there are a lot more of them than there are um, of people who are trying to stir the pot, you know? Judy, I love your way of reframing things. You're giving me a lot of, you're giving me a lot of food for thought, and uh, you know uh, you are right on all accounts. I would say if you weren't, but you are. Uh, you're correct, right? You can. Uh, it's you can do anything you want. You have to just sort of uh, you know find a path and go down that path and stay out of the people who are getting in the way. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, okay, there are both those so, in the world. We know that. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. But there are a lot of great people, you know. There are. Uh, I think this next, so what I usually do, oh, so he, what I usually do towards the end of the interviews, if you've listened to any of these, um, I ask everyone four questions, the same four questions. And okay. so I want to ask those of you, however, in the beginning of the podcast, you mentioned that maybe there was uh, something if we didn't touch on that you want to touch on. Is there anything that we didn't talk about yet that you uh, feel like you want to touch on? <laughs> well, there was one thing when, back when we were talking about our fee system. And I just want to say, you know, my, there, there is a certain segment of the profession who frowns upon um, membership practices and this, you know, set your own fee or whatever you want to call it. Um, and I guess I always want to make the point when we're talking about fee systems that it doesn't really matter. You know, people say that it devalues chiropractic when we don't charge, you know, whatever, exorbitant fees, right? Like you're not charging $90 a visit. You devalue chiropractic. But right. the value in anything, in chiropractic or in anything else, it's not based on what you're paying for it. And I just like, always like to make that point, help people think about that. You know, you can't give things away if people don't have value, right? It doesn't, it doesn't matter. When they value something, then 
And especially what we do, it's so important. It's so valuable. We couldn't put an amount on it, you know. What would people pay to be able to turn Cheerios into liver tissue? I mean, seriously, right? Yeah, and so I think, we, and I, well, I was just saying, and I think also what you're doing in your office is you're giving them the idea of, Longevity. So you mentioned earlier the gentleman who has been coming to the office for 40 years. Like he's mm. been, he's had the opportunity to access your office for almost half of a century. You know, if it, who could do that if it was exactly. $90 every time they walk through the door? Are you worth right. $90? I don't know. Maybe more. Maybe less. But um, you're giving this person right. <laughs> but, you're, but in the context of hey, I want to see yeah. you regularly for as long as we both shall live, that's mm-hmm. a different conversation that you're having with these people. Yeah. So it's a, you know, it's a whole different thing. Sorry, I cut you off. And I have a, I said, no, 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 uh, that's exactly right, though. So I have my oldest standing practice member uh, right now uh, turned 99 years old in uh, April, and she has been coming to the office since 1969. So 34, 50 years. She's been coming 50 years to the office. So like, you know, let's, let's not talk about fees as much as we talk about value. And the value is, is extraordinary. You can't put a dollar figure on the value there. I have people that have been coming to the office. I'm one gentleman who's been coming 47 years. He said to me, this was a couple months ago now, but it just so struck me. He said, do you know, I've been doing this longer. I've been coming to the office regularly longer than I've been doing anything else in my life except live. Mm, that's amazing. He, he has he hasn't been married that long. He hadn't stayed with a job that long. He hadn't he doesn't have children that old. He he hadn't done anything in his life as long as he'd been coming to the Strauss Chiropractic Center besides live. And I was just like, "Ooh." Wow, that, you know, so the problem is that as practitioners, I think, you know, most people who are, who are listening to podcasts and who are, you know, engaged and trying to grow and they haven't had the benefit of being in a practice that's 52 years old, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. 52 years old. And so, and that's why I say, Danny, and we will probably, most of us, never know the impact that we've had on on our communities you know on the world for short and maybe not even on individuals because that's because we that's how we practice we don't know what kinds of things you know we have been able to impact people if they're how their lives have changed how that what their their how their stories change that would be completely different had they not been engaged with us you know so um we have to reconcile that within ourselves that you can so you might not ever see the full picture of of the benefit that your existence on the planet has made that's okay with me. I don't, I don't need to. I know it's right, and I do it because it's the right thing to do. 
Uh, and like you said earlier, the people who are in the devalue conversation, um, you know, whatever. You're not, you know, you're like, <laughs> got it. Like, thank you. Appreciate your yeah, time. Yeah, okay, and right. Uh, <laughs> see you when I see you. Moving on. <laughs> right. Um, now, uh, so I, so I want to ask you these four questions. You touched on a couple things already. You said, you know, you mentioned that you're, uh, sounds like an avid reader. Do you have a favorite, question one is, do you have a favorite book, chiropractic or otherwise, that's on your mind or was particularly impactful for you? <laughs> uh, I don't know how many of these podcasts you've listened to, but I think this is like our 10th episode and um, almost every person has mentioned some of the Joe Strauss Blue Books. So uh, feel oh, free no. to mention something else that, uh, you know, that, that is impactful for you? Uh, you know, I, if I'm kind of, uh, right now, what's sitting in front of my stack of books, I'm in my den in my library, so I'm looking at the books that I'm currently reading, and I told you I'm a little ADD. I got one, two, three, four, five books, <laughs> and the other one that I just finished. But, you know, it depends on what you, how you're feeling, right? So I got this book for a recommendation from somebody in the office. It's called Code Girls. I'm really not a history buff, but it's a really cool book about the women who were deciphering the messages uh, during World War II. They were intercepting Japanese and German messages. Yeah. Um, and like that, and they were totally secret, so they never got any fanfare, and they never got, you know, nobody knew what they were doing. And it's an amazing book, uh, but it's like a, a good, easy summer read, you know. So I'm, I'm enjoying it right now. Um, and, and you know, I, 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 I could not be the person that did not mention a Strauss book, you know, when it comes right. to chiropractic. <laughs> but um, one of the books that I, is also in my stack here right now is uh, one of the Green Book commentaries. Um, I, I gotta say, I'm not like that big a Green Book person, and I know I, I hope that lightning doesn't strike me. It looks like a pretty clear day right now, but I. <laughs> I mean, I, I would read DJ and he just is all over the place and I lots of times didn't understand it. I found it very difficult to read the green books. But the book that I have in front of me right now is Stevenson's, um, Joe Strauss's commentary on Stevenson's philosophy text. And I got to tell you, it's an amazing book because it is, it has the full text of Stevenson's in it. And Joe goes passage by passage um, and then puts his commentary after it. So you're reading Stevenson's, but you're also reading the commentary, Joe's commentary on Stevenson's in the book. And I, I, I take it, you know, maybe I, uh, maybe I don't even read a whole page at a time. Maybe just the article, Stevenson's article and Joe's commentary. Sometimes that's a couple of pages. Sometimes it's just a page. But I do that most days. So I'm making my way through Stevenson's again um, with Joe. And I've already read the book, but it is, um, it's so thought-provoking. So that's an excellent book if you're interested in um, really deepening your understanding of, of the philosophy, current philosophy, and the original Stevenson's philosophy. It's really amazing. Um, but I think my favorite book of Joe's was uh, Reggie, uh, Keeping the Message Simple, was called. And uh, it's a philosophy text. It's a story about that amazing man. And um, it's got a lot of, like, the best, the best uh, analogies that Reggie had and the 
It's just a great, great book, Reggie's uh, biography. So yes, I've read those that. are my favorites of those. Yeah, it's great. Um, well, and this one sort of the, our second question goes without saying, but you, um, you never know. Uh, who are your greatest influencers? So this could be chiropractor. It could be, you know, someone else, some, you know, your greatest mentors or influencers. Um, well, I, you know, I, ha- I do have a, uh, uh, a an, an interesting family, chiropractic family tree, right? So, um, you know, I consider Joe my dad in chiropractic and Richie my grandfather in chiropractic, and, and they were both tremendously impactful um, in my career, chiropractic career. But I think, you know, if there was a person who who's impacted me most in my life, it would be my dad. Um, my my father, who was in a wheelchair from the Korean War, lost the use of his legs in the Korean War, um, you know, at the age of like 21, and um, came came back to the states after the war, and um, just you know took on life again. Um, went back to college, got a degree in accounting. Um, started his own business, uh, self-employed accountant, and um, and was always so proud of me when I decided to be a pre-med student. With you know, I actually sat the MCATs. I I was very close to going to medical school, and was always so proud of me. And um, he's just an amazing man to to move through life, you know, with such a challenge. Met my mom in a wheelchair, you know, had three kids in a wheelchair. And, you know, um, when I told him that I had changed my mind about medical school and I I was going to be a chiropractor, I nearly broke his heart. (laughs) Um, And I I laugh um, only because I don't want to cry on the podcast. Um, But... He, I said, Dad, what's the problem? Why are you so against this? And because uh, his opinion mattered that much to me. Why are you so against this? And he said, well, Jude, he said, I've been to chiropractors. And, um, yeah, they told me they could get me walking again. And the last thing I want to see my daughter be is one of those crazy charlatans promising mm. people the world, you know. Um, he did. My dad did go to a chiropractor a, a few times, and uh, more than a few times, frankly. But um, and he wasn't he wasn't going to walk again. And chiropractic was good as it might be for him. And I did adjust him till the day he died. After that, um, but it it doesn't solve all the problems of the world. And um, that too really impacted who I am as a chiropractor. I don't promise people anything. I'm not, you know, the people with ear infections, you're not going to get better because I'm adjusting you. You know, you're not going to, you're in a wheelchair, you're not going to walk again because I'm adjusting you. You can't get pregnant, you're not going to get pregnant because I'm adjusting you. I get that these things may happen, but we cannot promise people that because, yeah, the power that made the body is the same power that will heal the body if it's going to heal. But the fact of the matter is more often, not more often than not, but on occasion, people don't heal. And right. always, 
we die. We all die, no matter we've gone to a chiropractor regularly or not. Our job, and I'm just so clear about this, our, our job is not to fix people's ailments. Um, we're not about keeping them from dying. We're about ensuring that they live well, live their best, be their best, whether it's in a wheelchair or unable to get pregnant or have back pain the rest of their lives. That's, you know, we need to stay focused. We need to help people be their best no matter what that looks like for them. So my dad really, boom. That's a good one. Can't beat that one. Um, (laughs) In practice, question number three, uh, in practice, any big money mistakes that you've made that stand out like, oh, (laughs) you know, I thought you were going to say that. (laughs) Nope. No, I haven't. You know, one of the things that I heard you say on your podcast, Davian, is, is that, you know, the stuff that you got from people and like these people that I'm telling you in the, in the Facebook group in the Chiropractic Trust um, is for free. They want you to succeed. They're happy to help you. Like, you know, it wasn't ever like I, I dumped uh, $20,000 into uh, coaching to then found it didn't work. Like I never did that. I, you know, um, uh-uh. Oh, that's great. I was just blessed, blessed to have mentors who are happy to share, you know, and, and, and what I probably would have paid for, for their expertise at this point, you know, but yeah, never, never made a big money mistake. And it's the same thing back uh, to the conversation of value. What was the value of their advice? I mean, you can't put a price on, you know, like they, they couldn't put a price on what the way they've, nope. you know, what they could have given you. Um, last question. Nope. Uh, what is your favorite part about having your style practice? What do you like the most? Um, there, there are so much to like, some of which we've already touched on, you know, that it is exhilarating and it, um, and it helps me sleep well at night. <laughs> and, um, and I do change people's lives. And, but I'll say now, um, entering into my fourth decade of practice, right? I, I graduated in 92, but I've, I've been in chiropractic um, since the late 80s and um, I was a CA and, you know, and then as a student and and now as a doctor in my 27th year, I guess it is, um, that watching people grow up with this is, is so amazing. Like when you have somebody that's, you started as a child and they grow up and they have their own children and they hand them over to you. I mean, that moment is amazing whether you've been caring for people a long time or not. Um, and you know the value, what's the value of somebody's baby to them? Mm-hmm. You know, it's enormous. And when they take that baby and they hand it over to you, Oh, I get chills just telling you about it, Damien. <laughs> I love it. I, I've been fascinated with that recently. Like the, I call it the life cycle of a practice. You know, like your, mm. like your people, 
you know, when you're, I don't know if it's, it's not always this way because I, I'm thinking I've been practicing since 2001. So 18 years, but like people grow, like the, the practice ages, like it naturally ages. Mm -hmm. Like you said, like the, because the people who are coming, so many of them stay. So you see them for years and years and years. I mean, in the case of you, you, you know, your practice, what, 37 years you just said you've been there. So um, or 27 years. What did you say? 27 mm -hmm. years? Yeah. So, I mean, you've been, no, there, been there for how long? Uh, I've been in the practice for 29 years, but um, 27 of those as a chiropractor. Yeah. So, I mean, it's like, uh, you know, you're, the practice ages with you and people mm -hmm. die off and their grandkids come mm -hmm. in and then their grandkids hand mm -hmm. you a kid. And, yeah, it's amazing. It's very cool. And so, and, and I think maybe everybody gets that, that the power in that moment of, of them handing a child over and I do love that but I also love at the other end Damien I love I love those folks in their 90s you know I've, I've, I've gone to people's homes and I've gone to people's funerals and it is such an honor to be at a service where the survivors are saying, oh, this was Pop's chiropractor, you know, he loved her, you know, it's such an honor um, when you think about what you're doing with your life and you have those moments um, that like nobody can take those away from you and you just, uh, mm. it doesn't sound like I love those moments, but I do, I cherish them, they're like, they're like gems in my crown, you know. Truly. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Uh, well, Judy, you've done so much for everyone. I want to thank you, for, say two thank yous to you. One, three thank yous. One, thank you for being oh, on this boy. podcast. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Two, You're welcome. my pleasure. Thank you. Uh, thank you for being you and doing all the work you've done and still being willing to do it uh, over and over and over and answer the call when asked. And then the third thank you I want to give you is. Uh, thank you for opening your door to me and I'm sure countless other people who have emailed you and called you and whatever over the years. Hey, can I stop by? Can I kind of, you know, be a, um, a barnacle on the side of you for an afternoon? And, you know, I did that a few years ago and you opened the door at a time when I needed uh, to see this in action and see a busy practice and see how it all worked. And you did it graciously for me. And I have a mentor who said, you know, if you really want to know the truth, whether the person's walking the walk, you know, uh, walking the talk, so to speak, go visit their office. And if they don't let you come to their office, you know, right away, they're probably not actually <laughs> practicing the way they're saying. And I asked you and you said, sure, come on over here. The hours I'm here, come on, stop by whenever you want, blah, blah, blah. And, um, and it was wonderful. So thank you for that. Thank you for always being so gracious. Damien, you are so welcome. And that offer is extended to anybody else who would ever want to do that. I, I ask that people would let me know that they're coming by, but they don't have to let me know that they're coming by. I'm just, I, I don't cover the hours 65 hours a week. So the office is open 65 hours a week, but I'm not there. And I would like to be there if you were going to come by. So anybody's always welcome to come by. We, we love visitors. Um, yes, let and it be thank said you, that I, Damien. I arrange it. I did arrange it with you and we picked yeah. the time. I did not stop by. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and but that's yeah. cool. That's, that offer is open to anybody. So, yeah. uh, well, thank you so much. I appreciate your time, Judy. Thank you so much. 
thank you, Damien. I really loved being on here. That was a great talk. And um, you could look forward to me reaching out to you to uh, go for a cup of coffee or something soon. I did three miles away. That's ridiculous. We need to I know. That sounds, and... I know. We could ride our skateboards <laughs> over and meet in the middle. I know. It's very easy. Okay. Well, I'm going to reach out to you, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to happen. That sounds like a plan. I'm in. Count me in. Okay. Great. All right. All right. See you, Judy. Have a great day. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. The Chiropractic Trust has been created to protect, preserve, advance, develop, and adamantly defend practices of straight chiropractors who focus strictly on the location, analysis, and facilitation of correction of vertebral subluxation and ensuring that the choice of straight chiropractic care is made available to all humankind throughout their entire lives. The views of the interviewees do not necessarily represent those of the Chiropractic Trust.